0: This is day 33 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be going through Deuteronomy chapters 8 through 12 today. Lord God, thank you for bringing us here this morning, and thank you for the many blessings that you've given us that we take for granted every day, and that we just, Lord, recognize your goodness and your how much you provided for us beyond our needs, but for your grace, has abounded in blessings and gifts for us, and or that we may be grateful. And we would use this praise and glory to motivate us to be better today. Please give us the opportunity to share the gospel today. In the name of Jesus, amen. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you, just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, A land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, and his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied, and have built good houses, and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold multiply, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery he led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water he brought water for you out of the rock of flint in the wilderness he fed you manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, My power and my strength has made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth, that He may confirm His covenant which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. It shall come about, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods, and serve them and worship them, I testify against you today, that you will surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish, because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Here, O Israel, you are crossing over the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said, Who can stand before the sons of Anak? Now know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, and he will subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. It is not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart that you are going to possess their land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God is driving them out before you in order to confirm the oath which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know then, it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you left the land of Egypt until you arrived at this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was so angry with you that he would have destroyed you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant, which the Lord was had made for you, then I remained on the mountain forty days and nights. I made... I neither ate bread nor drank water.
1: The Lord gave me
0: the two tablets of stone written by the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken with you at the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. It came about at the end of forty days and nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down from here quickly, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made a molten image for themselves. The Lord spoke further to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stubborn people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. So I turned, and came down from the mountain, while the mountain was burning with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my hands. And I saw that you had indeed sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourselves a golden calf, You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. I took hold of the two tablets and threw them from my hands and smashed them before your eyes. I fell down before the Lord as at the first, forty days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water, because of all your sin which you had committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was wrathful against you in order to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at the same time. I took your sinful thing, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it. Grinding it very small until it was as fine as dust, and I threw its dust into the brook that came down from the mountain. Again, at Taborah, and at Masa, and at Kibroth Hata you brought the Lord to wrath. When the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I had given you. Then you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You neither believed him nor listened to his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. So I fell down before the Lord the forty days and nights, which I did because the Lord had said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people even your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look at the stubbornness of this people, or at their wickedness or their sin. Otherwise, the land from which you brought us may say, Because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he had promised them, And because he hated them, he has brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people, even your inheritance, whom you have brought out by your great power and your outstretched arm. At that time the Lord said to me, Cut out for yourselves two tablets of stone, like the former ones, and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood for yourself. I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you shattered, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, and cut out two tablets of stone like the former ones, and went up on the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. He wrote on the tablets like the former, writing the Ten Commandments, which the Lord has spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. And the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made. And there they are, as the Lord commanded me. Now the sons of Israel set out from Beeroth ben to Moserah, there Aaron died, and there he was buried, and Eleazar his son, ministered as priest in his place. From there they set out to Gudgoda, and from Gudgoda to Jothbatah, a land of brooks of water. At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to serve him and to bless in his name until this day. Therefore, Levi does not have a portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God spoke to him. I, moreover, stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights, like the first time. And the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was not willing to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, proceed on your journey ahead of the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him? and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them. And he chose their descendants after them, even you above all peoples, as it is this day. So circumcise your heart, and stiffen your neck no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He is your praise. And he is your God, who has done these great and awesome things for you, which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, seventy persons in all. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known or have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his signs and his works, which he did in the midst of Egypt, to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did to Egypt's army, to its horses and its chariots when he made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them while they were pursuing you. And the Lord completely destroyed them. And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, when the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them, their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them, among all Israel, but your own eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord which he did. You shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today, so that you may be strong and go in and possess the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, so that you may prolong your days on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to give to them and to their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land into which you are entering to possess it is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot like a vegetable garden. But the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning even to the end of the year. It shall come about, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that he will give the rain for your land in its season the early and late rain, that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. He will give grass in your fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Beware that your hearts are not deceived, and that you do not turn away and serve other gods and worship them, or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. And he will shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain, and the ground will not yield its fruit. And you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens remain above the earth. For if you are careful to keep all his commandment, which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your border will be from the wilderness, to Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, as far as the western sea. No man will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God will lay the dread of you and the fear of you on all the land on which you set foot, as he has spoken to you. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse." The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today. And the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today, by following other gods which you have not known. It shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to possess it, that you shall place the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Are they not across the Jordan, west of the way toward the sunset, in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arabah, opposite Gilgal, beside the oaks of Mora? For you are about to cross the Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you and you shall possess it and live in it. And you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the judgments which I am setting before you today. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall be carefully observing in the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains, and on the hills, and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars, and smash their sacred pillars, and burn their asherim with fire. And you shall cut down the engraved images of their gods, and obliterate their name from that place. You shall not act like this toward the Lord your God, but you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose from all your tribes, to establish his name there for his dwelling, and there you shall come. There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the contribution of your hands, your votive offerings, your free-will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. There also you and your households shall eat before the Lord your God, and rejoice in all your undertakings in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do at all what we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes for you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live in security, then it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God will choose for his name to dwell there you shall bring all that I have commanded you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution of your hand, and all your choice votive offerings, which you will vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates since he has no portion or inheritance with you be careful that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every cultic place you see but in the place which the Lord chooses in one of your tribes there you shall offer your burnt sacrifices and there you shall do all that I command you However. You may slaughter and eat meat within any of your gates, whatever you desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which He has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat of it, as of the gazelle and the deer. Only you shall not eat the blood. You are to pour it on the ground like water. You are not allowed to eat within your gates the tithe of your grain or or new wine, or oil, or the firstborn of your herd or flock, or any of your votive offerings which you vow, or your freewill offerings, or the contribution of your hand. But you shall eat them before the Lord your God, in the place which the Lord your God will choose, you and your son and daughter, and your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all your undertakings. Be careful that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in your land. When the Lord your God extends your border, as he has promised you, and you say, I will eat meat, because you desire to eat meat, then you may eat meat, whatever you desire. If the place which the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, then you may slaughter of your herd and flock which the Lord has commanded you, as I have commanded you, and you may eat within your gates whatever you desire. Just as a gazelle or a deer is eaten, so you will eat it. The unclean and the clean alike may eat of it. Only be sure not to eat the blood. For the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh. You shall not eat it. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. You shall not eat it, so that it may be well with you and your sons after you. For you will be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Only your holy things, which you may have and your votive offerings, you shall take and go to the place which the Lord chooses. And you shall offer your burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, on the altar of the Lord your God. And the blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall eat the flesh. Be careful to listen to all these words which I command you, so that it may be well with you and your sons after you forever. For you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations which you are going in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, beware that you are not ensnared to follow them. After they are destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods, that I also may do likewise? You shall not behave thus toward the Lord your God. For every abominable act which the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to, nor take away from it. Yet again, another day of wonderful things to read. And I just love the way that Moses writes. Because not only can you just see his education, but you just see his heart. That he desperately wants these people to get it right this time and to not squander the wonderful things that the Lord is doing for them. And you see that he's just begging them to obey the commandments. But I like that he expands on some of the reasons why certain things were done. And there are many things that we can take from this and put into our practices today. So let's go through just a couple of them that really just caught my eye and are worth noting here. And I promise I won't be too lengthy on this one, because there is so much to get out of this reading today, but uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to do that. So beginning in chapter 8, he explains why he did what he did in the desert. He wanted them... Like it says here in verse 2, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Why? So that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So it was all a test. It was a test and a means of humility to create humility in these people. And isn't that true for us as well, that it's the hard times, it's the the hardships of life that humble us when things get so hard and overwhelming and then we realize just how powerless we really are? And that's what God did with them too. Even more so, he humbled you and let you be hungry. So the people are complaining, oh, you don't give us anything to eat. He did that on purpose. Why? So that he would feed them with manna which they did not know, which your fathers did not know, so that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Jesus used this exact Scripture as well against Satan. Because you see here that Moses explains throughout this these chapters that at least three or four times he went 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking anything, which, how in the world did he do that? I mean, a human being can't go more than three or four days without drinking water. And yet... He did it for 40 days. Obviously, he was sustained by the Lord. But the point is that somebody else did that too. 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, Jesus Christ. And then at his weakest, lowest point, Satan enters in and tries to entice him into turning stones into bread. And that's when Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He understood, obviously because he's Christ. He is the Lord himself in the flesh. But at the same time, he's giving us a godly example of how we are to be. God wanted the Israelites to understand how dependent they were on him. And that is what the whole point of that was. He wanted them to be dependent on him so that they would understand that he is in control, that he is sovereign over all things. And the most, one of the most profound statements that we can say today is, he is God, and I am not. And how quickly we forget that sometimes, right? When we get puffed up with pride, or we think that, hey, look what I've accomplished. No, it was never you. God let you do it. It was all within his permission. And then there's something else that is interesting here, that your clothing never wore out, nor did your feet ever swell for 40 years. He blessed them with health and clothing that never wore out in 40 years. That's pretty neat. So. He took care of them from the very beginning to the very end. Then he has multiple warnings throughout the next couple chapters about not forgetting the Lord. And I did a Sunday special on that very thing, forgetting the Lord. We forget the Lord all the time. And it's amazing that these people, even in the midst of God's blessings and his physical manifestations of his glory. You know, a pillar by, a fire by night and a cloud by the day, you know, rocks bursting open and producing water, manna just appearing on the ground every single morning. Even with that, they forgot the Lord. That's how stubborn of a people we are. Now, he said that the Israelites were stubborn, but we're the same way. We can get mad at the Israelites all day long, but they are representative of all mankind and how much we need God, and he doesn't want them to forget. Why? He says here, if you forget the Lord, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord who brought you out of the house of slavery. Pride will definitely be one of the consequences of us forgetting the Lord. But what else? It also says here in verse 17, Otherwise you may say in your heart, My power and the strength of my hand made me wealthy, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth. Again, everything is a gift from God. If you're wealthy, it is a gift. Hopefully you're not worshiping it. And those who are not wealthy, doesn't mean God doesn't love you anymore or less, but that's not your portion. But yet, I can guarantee that if you are dependent on the Lord, he will never let you go without lacking basic needs. He will always take care of you. Here is a very important passage that we have to bear in mind for ourselves as well. And this is one of the most beautiful pieces of the Bible that we have seen up until this point, I feel. Here in uh, chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? That's important to know. What does God want? What does he want from you? But to fear God. The Lord your God. Again, this is not of being afraid of Him, but this is awe and reverence, right? Respect. Go by obedience. He wants you to fear the Lord your God, walk in all His ways, and love Him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep His commandments and His statutes, which I am commanding you today. Why? Why should I do any of this? For your good, right? We've talked about this before. What are the two motivations behind everything God does? It's either for his glory. Sometimes it may not seem like that because we are so short-sighted. But it's going to be for his glory and for our good. Even the hard times in our lives are for our good. We've got to learn something from it. He's got to humble us. He's going to test us. He puts those things in our path for that very reason. It's for our good that He does these things. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens. Now, when you think of the highest heavens, you're t- we're talking about um, the universe. You know, the things beyond the sky. Because usually in the Old Testament, when they talk about heaven, talking about the sky, right? Not about. Capital H heaven, if you know what I mean. Not the where we go when we die kind of heaven. This heaven is usually more characteristic of the sky, and then the highest heavens would be what is beyond the planet, you know, the universe. The earth and all that is in it is the Lord's. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them and chose their descendants after them, even you, above all peoples, as it is today. And here's the whole point of the law that up until the time of Jesus, they did not get this point. And this was the whole point that Jesus was trying to get through to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very religious people, and they memorized the law, and they enforced the law to such a degree that it was not to be done in such a way legalism, trying to follow the letter of the law and complicating it more than it needed to be. But this is the intent behind the law. Verse 16, and this is an important scripture to highlight in your Bible if you do highlighting. Circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. This is meant to be a figurative circumcision, a spiritual circumcision. Yes, we they understood that circumcision was a physical thing, and it is. But what was the whole purpose behind the circumcision? The whole point of the circumcision was to be made separate. That was a covenant that God established with Abraham in order to be recognized as being separate from everyone else. And what is to be separate? It means to be in a league of its own, right? Another word for that is holy. He wants us to be holy, just like he is holy. And that is why he had Abraham and his descendants circumcised. The purpose behind that was really to get to the heart of the matter. And that's how it always is. It's always about the heart of the matter. Circumcise your heart. Separate yourselves from the world. Separate yourselves from sin. Be separate like me. Because I am holy. There is no other like me. Do not be like everybody else that's in the world. Because you're better than that. And like that, what? why else did he say here? about why he's kicking out the other people from the land of Canaan. He said, it's because it's not it has nothing to do with you. He clearly said that right there. It's not because you guys are righteous or because you guys are holy or because you guys are worthy, but it's because the guys that are living in this land are so terrible that I had to utterly destroy them so that you could have this land. It's nothing you did. This is all because I one, I honored my covenant with your ancestors. But secondly, is the people living here are so evil, they cannot I cannot tolerate them anymore. And so I will utterly destroy them. And that's why Israel is taking over the land. It had nothing to do with Israel being better than anybody else. And I think God made that very clear to us through all the many things that they did wrong, and are continuing to do wrong, and will continue to do wrong. There's nothing special about the people of Israel that merited them this land. Except for their godly ancestors, sure. But these particular people did nothing to earn this land. They were part of a covenant. As well as God wanted to completely destroy the people who live there currently because they were absolutely terrible in His sight. Chapter 11, He reminds them to fully surrender to the Lord and be obedient because if not, consequences will happen, which we should understand that as well, that consequences do happen when we do not obey the Lord. Now in chapter 12, you see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of the same imagery as we go through the old testament you're going to see the same things over and over and over it says in verse 2 you shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods where on the high mountains on the hills under every green tree So they would set up sacred stones. They would set up poles to the god Asherah. That's what the Asherim are, the graven images. You'll see those exact things always coming back in the nation of Israel because they did not obey this to begin with. Instead of it all being about worship of every single ridiculous thing in the land to utterly destroy them, and make one central place where the tabernacle or the the temple will be for God, and everyone goes there to be with the Lord. Let God be at the center of your hearts, at the center of your nation. Can we say that about the United States today? I can't speak for any other country because I'm not a citizen of any other country but I can say the United States has lost that. We were founded on godly principles. It's in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. But since then, we have lost our way. And I think for the sake of the saints that are still in America today, that God has not completely destroyed us. I really do. Because look what he does to countries and to nations that rebel against him and that utterly disgust him. He wipes them out. He will not suffer needlessly for this evil. We have work to do. The Lord has not returned yet. It's been 2,000 years since the New Testament has been written, and the Lord has not returned yet. Why? Why? It says in the New Testament that God is not slow to keep his promise of returning, but he is patient because he is waiting for all that he has desired to come to repentance. What does that mean? That means that there are still people in this world that are pending to be saved. That's why God hasn't returned yet. So that means we have work to do. The gospel needs to be spread. I boast in the Lord for him giving us the opportunity to join him in the efforts because how has he designed it? He's designed it to where they hear the gospel and then they choose to receive it or the plant the seed is planted and over time it will penetrate to their soul. So the gospel needs to be spread. That's where we come in. We just have to be willing to go out there and speak and the Lord will do the rest. But we just have to go out there and say something first. The way God has designed it, they cannot accept Christ if they have never heard the gospel. So we need to make sure that we are sharing the gospel with people. Billions of people are going to die and go to hell forever. And that should scare us, especially people that we know, right? People at at your workplace, people in your family, people at your own church that you know are not saved. If we have any capacity for compassion, That should bother us. And if we have no compassion, that's an even worse problem. But I'm not going to get into that. So, obey the Lord because it's for your good and it's for His glory. That should be our motivation for these things. So that's all I have for today. I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening today and have a great day. Thank you and God bless you.